All right, welcome back, everybody. Episode number 42 of The Plumecast, my weekly gaming news podcast, where I just talk about things going on in the gaming industry. So thank you guys all for stopping by once again this week and watching my videos throughout the week on my YouTube channel. If you're new here, like I said, this is my weekly gaming news podcast, and I make daily videos throughout the week. And if you're into that type of stuff, just go check out the channel. If you like it, hey, consider subscribing and helping support the channel and helping it grow. So this week we have a lot of pretty interesting things to talk about. There was a bunch of stuff that came out yesterday, a bunch of stuff that came out today that I have been able to make a video about. Specifically, we're going to be going over like the Project Spartacus news that we know we're getting an announcement this week or sometime soon. And then there was some other like market share information that analysts had done with Xbox and Xbox Game Pass. So I want to talk about all that stuff and it'll be uh, interesting just kind of looking more of like the business side of things, I think, this week for PlayStation, for Xbox and just the video game market. So we'll get into that in, in a little bit. But firstly, as I do every week as I drink a beer or I drink a drink because last week I actually had a whiskey on the podcast. So this week from a suggestion from a viewer and it is 16 Cronenberg uh, 1664 Blanc. I'm not going to lie. I already cheated. I've already poured it in my in my glass. I've already taken a sip. I, I enjoy it. I've had this beer before. After taking a sip, I realized, yep, had this before. Great beer. So thank you for the suggestion on that. And as always, let me know what you guys are drinking in the comments below, whether that's beer, whether that's whiskey, whether that's Coke, coffee, whatever you're drinking, water. Hey, if you're having just some good H2O and staying hydrated, that's great too. Let me know in the comments below. I'm just going to take a quick sip of this. And... um. Man, it's when when you're doing these podcasts solo and you're drinking beer, it gets difficult because you get those beer bursts, but you got to kind of have to just continue to talk through it. So if there's like a long pause or maybe you hear a little bit burp, that's that's the reason why it's guys of those beer burps that are just coming up and it's like pushes through your esophagus. But anyways, we're not here to talk about the science of beer and burping. We're here to talk about what else I've been playing or what I've been playing this week. So I've been playing the, the usual stuff, Elden Ring and Assassin's Creed. I got to get through those games. I've been just very busy with a lot of different things going on. And those are long games. So I kind of just jump in, play for like an hour, then put it down. So that if you do that with those games, it will take very long to beat. But what else I've been doing is I've been playing some 360 games because I am going to be starting... April, I believe, maybe by the end of April, hopefully if I can get it done by then, just a monthly video talking about games that I've bought, the games that I've picked up, retro games, if I pick up retro games, very retro market's super hard right now, but like digital games, physical games, across all consoles, across all platforms, whatever I've picked up in the month, I want to show it off to you guys, even if it's like toys and stuff, show you the stuff that, the, the hobbies, like the things that I like to, to buy and purchase and uh, for digital games, I'm going to just show some gameplay and stuff. So so I've been playing two digital games that I've picked up recently, two 360 games, and that is, I guess I'm spoiling the pickups video, but whatever. Um, it's um, Ghost Recon Future Soldier, which I believe I played back on the 360. Actually, I did play back on the 360. That's actually confirmed because I remember it was really cool because I booted the game up and my save from 2012 was still there. I was like, wow, that's actually very cool to see. So I, I don't fully remember the game, but I started playing it, playing through a bunch of missions, and it's an awesome game. It, I Now I know why. Well, excuse me. I played the game back in 2012. Very cool game. Very like Gears-like in terms of the movement. 
the cover shooting and just the like different features within the different cinematics when you're breaching and it slows down time when you're looking under like garages and kind of scanning to see if there are any enemies there really well done game for 2012 and it's completely different i'd say than like the ghost recons we've gotten recently because it's not open world like those games it's more mission based but i would love to see them just kind of go back and make another ghost recon like the advanced warfighter series and the future soldier series where even if it's just linear more linear but like even it doesn't have to be linear it can be open but like mission based like that where you're going through each mission one by one and maybe it's only like a 10-hour experience and maybe they don't sell it for full price but i would just love to see them kind of go back to that for a ghost recon game and i think fans would enjoy that because ghost recon back on the 360 was amazing i think the uh advanced warfighter the first one was one of my first 360 games i played i believe i believe and i absolutely love that game and i'd love the all the other ghost recon games that came out on on 360 so it was cool to jump back into that the other game i've jumped into was asura's wrath now, this is a game I don't believe I played back in the day. I do remember it fully. I always wanted to play it. I think I didn't play it because it may have not gotten the best critical reception, but then it turned into like one of those hidden gem games. And I was playing again through some of the episodes because it's like an anime style and you go through different episodes and then there's like storytelling in between each episode. And it's just like an action game, an action fighting game. Uh, very fun. Uh, I think the combat is great. Uh, the characters are really cool design, have really cool designs, really well designed. And um, yeah, it's fun. It's fun so far. And I would definitely recommend it if you can pick it up like for cheap from, from what I've played. So I've been playing those, capturing some footage of it for those videos that I'm planning on doing in terms of pickup. So that's what I've been playing. Let me know what you guys have been playing in the comments below. Besides that... I actually just finished before coming up here, firing up the camera, the mic and everything. Finished watching Halo, the series or the Halo, the TV series that's currently available on Paramount Plus. Finished watching episode one. Now, I know this this show so far has a very kind of mixed or at least not the best reception from a lot of people. And I have to say my honest opinion is after just finishing the episode, I'm still trying to collect my thoughts, but I really didn't like it. I really, really did not like it. I don't know. There's just something with it. It's just, I just didn't like a lot of the things they did with the show. I don't really like Pablo Schreider, Schreiber, whatever his name is as Master Chief. I don't like his voice. I, just, I don't like that he took off his helmet. I think the acting is pretty bad. I think the script isn't great. And I would say the only redeeming quality so far for me after episode one would be the action was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. It was violent. It was gory. It was mature action. And uh, I like that part about it. But everything else is just I didn't like it. And I, I think I know why I don't like it. And I think I know why a lot of people won't like it. And it's because, well, first of all, before I, I say that, they did warn everybody. They did, to their credit. And I, I know why now after watching episode one, why they warned everybody that this game was going to be nothing like the video games. It's not canon. And they specifically said like they didn't even look at the video games before making the show. So it makes sense. It makes sense after watching episode one. And which leads me to that's why I think I don't like it. And that's why I think a lot of people don't like it. I don't really think this is for Halo fans. I guess that's the best way to put it. If you're a Halo fan, if you've played 
through all of the games, through the main games, you like the franchise, you like the characters, you you like the story, and you've fallen in love with that universe, this may not be for you. This may not, if you're somebody who's jumping in, who's not a Halo fan, who's or maybe just like kind of a casual Halo fan, doesn't know too much, and just looking for a new cool show to watch, hey, this could be for you. And there's nothing wrong with that, but as a Halo fan, it just isn't for me, and I don't think I'm going to continue to watch this show unless something really changes in the upcoming episodes and i don't see that happening but that's just my opinion on it and if you like it great and that's great for you and continue watching that's awesome but it's it's just weird to me i find that when hollywood gets their hands on very fame big ips how they just kind of do their own take without if it almost feels like they don't really care about the actual franchise itself they just have their own like creative vision of what they could do with these care with the stories and the characters in that world and just kind of go about it without any homage to like the the what it is like who the creators and all that type of stuff i don't i guess i'm not sure if i'm being clear of what i'm trying to say there other than they clearly just did their own thing with it so it's not going to be for halo fans and it'll be for people who just don't really care about that type of stuff and that's i guess where i'll leave it on that one but yeah let me know what you guys think about the show if you've watched episode one are you going to continue to watch this series just your overall thoughts on the changes they made on master chief all that type of stuff but let's jump in here to the topic so the first thing here i'm going to go over is this this tweet here just a quick thing and it has to do with call of duty and activision and the publishing of call of duty so this is a tweet here from idol sloth saying starting next week activision publishing and Activision and Blizzard Japan will be distributing Call of Duty in Japan. Until now, it was Sony Interactive Entertainment who was publishing it in Japan. Now, I think this is interesting. I don't know if this really means anything that the deal is getting closer or that they're preparing for this deal to be official and for it to be closed. But it does seem like it is some sort of indication that things are happening. The wheels are spinning. Something is going on. And we've seen a lot of that lately. With the Activision Blizzard deal, we we heard about the shareholders vote that is coming up on April 28th, meaning that that vote, I believe, is going to, we're going to get the the uh, results of that vote, I think May 4th or something like that. And, and that the point of that vote is to vote whether you believe that Microsoft should acquire Activision Blizzard if, if you approve the deal. And they are, they're advising everyone that it is for the best interest of the company. And yeah, I mean, they're obviously going to do that because if the deal doesn't go through, they have to pay like two or $3 billion in, in the breaking of the deal. But in general, I mean, Microsoft acquiring Activision Blizzard is in the best interest of the company, of the employees, based off of everything we know about everything that's been going on at Activision Blizzard. But something like this is interesting because previously it was Sony who was actually publishing these games on PlayStation and that's going to be moving back to Activision, which could potentially be signaling of, like I said, the fact that things are moving forward. And if we go through the comments, people are thinking that that is the case. Some people are thinking it isn't the case, but this deal I think could be closer to going through that than waiting all the way until June, 2023. If the shareholders vote on it, and the FTC doesn't have any roadblocks and all that type of stuff, maybe it'll close faster, meaning that Xbox, Microsoft are going to be able to start just really taking all of the IPs within Activision Blizzard and doing stuff with them 
which will be great. I'm very interested in what's going to happen overall. And by that, I mean, once this deal closes, what is Xbox's, what is the first thing that they are going to do? As we remember with the Bethesda deal, they had the round table and they made it abundantly clear that the Bethesda games are going to be everywhere that Xbox Game Pass was, everywhere that the Xbox ecosystem was. Now we know so far from the debate that's going on from what Phil Spencer tweeted that they're planning on keeping Call of Duty across all multiple platforms. And I think that's what they are going to do. But I wonder what they're going to be doing with all the other IPs. Are they going to keep them on every other platform? Are they going to put them just on Xbox? Are they going to revitalize old IPs? Because there are a lot of old IPs out there. What are they going to do with World of Warcraft? Are they going to put it on console? Are they going to make a World of Warcraft 2? There's just so many things. What are they going to do? With StarCraft, I think I'm bringing back StarCraft. Like so many IPs that they could be bringing back, making better, putting on different platforms. And I think that the mysteriousness of this deal is far bigger than the mysteriousness of the Bethesda deal just because of all of the things that and all of the games that they have and the potential of being able to just kind of use all these IPs and revitalize them. So that will be very interesting. I can't wait for it closest to see what Microsoft does. And, and something like this could be a signal towards it going forward. I think we're going to have a lot more information at the end of April after the vote, I'd assume, goes through. If it doesn't go through, that will be something completely different. But I just don't see that happening. It just doesn't make any sense. I don't see why people would be voting to keep Activision Blizzard in the, the hands that it is in now. So this is there was an article also that came out from... WCCF Tech and talking about the console and software market share. And again, something like the Activision Blizzard deal is going to play a lot into these numbers and a lot into these analysts' predictions going forward. Something like Xbox Game Pass is going to play a lot into them. But this is what they're saying. It's pretty interesting. So this is from DFC Intelligence, and they have estimated that Sony leading the console market share with 43% of the total revenue, a combination of package and online sales, while Nintendo, Nintendo followed closely with 37% and Microsoft lagged far behind at 20%. And this is for 2021. So this was for last year. This is their prediction. This is, or not the prediction, this is their estimate of where the console and software market share is. And you can see Sony has a pretty big lead over Microsoft, right? A 23% lead, very like going head to head with Nintendo, Nintendo Switch, insane how well that console still sells. 20, came out in 2017 and just brought Nintendo back from, from the dead in terms of what they did with the Wii U. Uh, the Wii U is such a bewildering console. I'm surprised. It's crazy how Nintendo made those decisions for releasing a console the same name as the last generation before that, which was the Nintendo Wii and expecting consumers just to be like, yeah, this is a brand new console. We know that because there was such confusion with that. People will go into stores and be confused that there was a brand new Nintendo console or asking if like the gamepad was like an addition to the Nintendo Wii and stuff like that just completely just killed the Nintendo Wii U because there were some decent games on, on the console. But they turned it all around with the Nintendo Switch, and you can see that that market share, which in 2021 is pretty big. But that's not the interesting part. The interesting part is going forward into 2026, these market analysts, or what are they called, DFC Intelligence, 
are forecasting that Microsoft is going to be gaining a 7% market share while Sony and PlayStation would lose 4% or so, so, or sorry, PlayStation would lose 4% and Nintendo would lose 3% compared to 2021. So we know Xbox and Microsoft has an uphill battle from the Xbox one from being the newest out of the three of them to enter into the video game market because the OG Xbox was their first console. And just in terms of trying to gain that respectability and that foothold in, in places like Japan, right? Like that's very, very hard for an American company to go into Japan and win market share there. That's going to always be a huge hindrance to their overall market share. But they're saying here in 2026, they are projecting Sony will be at 39%. So that's going to be a 4% fall from 43%. Nintendo will be at 34%. Again, a 3% fall from 37%. But Microsoft, on the other hand, is catching up. And they believe that they're going to have 27% of the software market share in 2026. And I don't know the, the numbers, if they're going to be correct or not. But I do definitely foresee Microsoft catching up in overall market share over the next five to 10 years, without a doubt, just based off of the strategy that they have and just based off of the simple fact of what we're looking at now, right now with the Xbox Series X and S and what we've seen with just console sales numbers specifically, which I think is a big product of the strategy of Microsoft and how they have forethought and how they know that just relying on your console as the only way to gain market share isn't going to be a winning strategy. And what I mean by that is we saw the the numbers in one of my videos from uh, VG charts this week and how um, year to date 2022 Xbox is the only console right now that is actually up, which is very interesting, like in terms of percentage and everything. I don't even think the Nintendo Switch was overall. And they are actually ahead of PlayStation 5 right now in terms of year-to-date numbers compared to the same time last year. Now, there are so many different factors that go into that, right? There's things like Xbox Game Pass. Xbox Game Pass is great. It's continuing to be great. And people are going to get excited for the, the first-party releases, Halo, Forza, Starfield coming out. They had a really good E3 show with the Xbox and Bethesda show. And they clearly are getting the hype for that console, getting people to want to go out and purchase and get into the ecosystem because of what's potentially going to be coming out in the future, plus what's available right now with so many great games. I think they put out a stat at GDC that they had like 60 Game of the Year titles on Xbox Game Pass or something like that, something crazy. And uh, it just shows the quality of the amount of games and style of games and overall just games within Xbox Game Pass. So I think that's a huge reason. I think the strategy of Xbox is working. The business strategy overall is working. But then the other side of things is the business sense overall in terms of the decision makers. They're, they've kind of outplayed PlayStation this generation. It's like they've outplayed them in a game of chess. And, and I'm, I'm sure they didn't foresee the pandemic coming. But they part of being a good business is just having contingency plans and preparing for catastrophes and for things to happen. And one way they, they probably were like, you know what, if there is ever a shortage in, in chips, if there is ever these big supply chain issues, we need to create an ecosystem that doesn't solely rely on 
the box to get people to to give us their money, right? And it's actually really smart what they did and how they were first to it and how they've executed so far on the ecosystem side of things. Just getting rid of the exclusivity stuff, like in terms like console exclusivity stuff, where you have to have that box to play a game. Opening up their ecosystem to as many people as possible, getting rid of the constraints with the hardware so that people can continue to buy into Xbox and that will just naturally increase the market share, especially if your competitor isn't doing the same thing. If they aren't fighting back, let's say, to uh, to do that and they're just kind of sticking with those old antiquated models of like console exclusivity. I, I talked about console exclusivity way back, like two years ago, before the release of the generation or the consoles and it's just like i've always said like it's a it's a antiquated model right now yeah you're yes sony's still gonna make tons of money yes they're still gonna sell tons of consoles yes they're still going to sell tons of their first party games i get it but it's an antiquated model in the sense that they are eventually going to have to stop with just focusing on pushing the box to sell their first party games and we're already seeing signs of that occurring with the the project spartacus which we're going to get to soon but the next thing here that they do talk about is the video game console forecast. And they also talk, they show here the three different streams of revenue and the number one stream of revenue, which makes the most sense is online revenue. The second biggest stream of revenue will be hardware revenue. And the third will be packaged software revenue, which would be like physical games, I'd assume. But online revenue is like far ahead of everything else in 2022 at $20.7 billion dollars followed by the package software revenue 11.9 and then hardware revenue at 16.1. And that's going to continue to grow. That, the gap between online revenue and hardware revenue and package software revenue is going to continue to expand. And I do believe Xbox is the best situated to make the most on online revenue with their subscription service, with companies and developers wanting to put their games onto Xbox Game Pass so that they can make more money off of their their own online revenues, their own microtransactions, which I'm pretty sure Microsoft gets a piece of that as well if the, the transactions are made through... The, yeah, they do. If they're made through the Microsoft store because you can buy like coins, you can buy like, like card packs or whatever. All these things that you can actually purchase right through the store. And um, yeah, Microsoft gets a, a piece of that. And that's one big thing too with Game Pass is that if you have a game that has a high microtransaction component or at least a part of the game that is dedicated on microtransactions you want to get it on the game pass because more people are going to be playing it for example game that's coming up very soon mlb the show lots you don't need to pay a dime in that game to have fun it's a great game but diamond dynasty like games like that just thrive off of the subscription and xbox game pass model so i just i foresee xbox because of the way that the industry is going um, that's how they're going to be closing that gap in terms of market share. So some interesting stuff there to think about. Will will be cool to see how it plays out. And which brings us over to the next thing, which is the Project Spartacus, Sony's uh, subscription service that they are expanding upon. And we knew this was coming. We didn't know when, but we got a new article here from Bloomberg, if I can find it. Here it is. And... Um, Talking about how Sony is going to unveil the new PlayStation subscription as soon as next week. So it says Sony Group Corporation is preparing to introduce a new video game subscription service for the PlayStation as early as next week. 
said people familiar with the Plansy service, which has been in development under the codename Spartacus, is Sony's answer to Microsoft's Xbox Game Pass, a sort of Netflix for video games that has amassed more than 25 million subscribers. So right there, branding it as the competition to Xbox Game Pass. We don't know exactly what's in what's in this service. We will know next week. We have seen leaks on it. And from the leaks that we have seen from it, which I'll show you one that actually also came out as well just recently, although I think it is fake, in terms of the pricing, but I think like the things that they do offer are somewhat real. It doesn't seem like a direct competition to Game Pass, but we'll go over that once I get to it. Then it says here, Sony's will debut with a splashy lineup of hit games from recent years. So the people who requested anonymity because the plans are private. Sony's new service will combine two of its current offerings, PlayStation Now and PlayStation Plus. Customers will be able to choose from multiple tiers, offering catalogs of modern games and classics from older PlayStation eras. Documents obtained by Bloomberg last year showed that the most expensive tier will also give players access to extended demos and the ability to stream games over the internet. And they go on and on and on uh, about the, the consoles and the generation. So that's coming next week, it seems like. It's, this is an article from Bloomberg. And um, they're getting, they say they got it from sources that seem credible, and they're, but they're saying anonymous. So. And we knew we knew Sony was going to announce something relatively soon. They wanted to. We've been hearing that for a while. We knew that they were working on some sort of Game Pass competitor. I'm pretty sure that came right out of the, the mouth of Jim Ryan. They were working on something like that. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see what this is. I really want that official announcement. And if it is any good, I will definitely try it out and play it. Because I, I, I've said this before. I, I personally don't think... So anyone will be able to compete with Xbox Game Pass or the only way Sony will be able to compete with Xbox Game Pass is if they put their games on the service day and date, like their first party games. And from what we're seeing is that they are not doing that. Nope, that's the wrong one. Here's the right one. And this is a leak that came out. It's from 4chan. So take this with a grain of salt. Actually, I think this is fake or at least the pricing's fake more so than anything. The actual services involved could be real but i think the pricing is fake one because the pricing seems absolutely absurd for what you're getting and two there is actually a typo this playstation plus silver says 30 dollars, and then under there it says 24.99 so i think someone just photoshopped this and whatever but the actual things that are offered in each tier we've seen multiple times we've seen like jeff grubb talk about it in fact here's the actual article from venture b this actually came out february 24th written by jeff grubb and this was one of the first times we actually heard about what would be involved within each tier for PlayStation Plus, whatever, Project Spartacus. And he actually named the different tiers PS Plus Essential, PS Plus Extra, and PS Plus Premium. And then we take a look at the photo here, and it's pretty much the same. PS Plus Extra, PS Plus, what's it called? Did I go here? PS Plus, oh, sorry, PS Plus Essential, PS Plus Extra, and PS Plus Premium. So here there's actually only three different tiers. So let's go off of what Jeff Grubb said because that's a 4chan picture and then we'll look at the prices. But the the highest tier one they're saying is that they're going to give monthly games, game catalog, streaming, classic games, and game trials. Now in terms of classic games, that's going to be a big one. It's going to be like PS3, PS4 games, I'm assuming. And are they going to be able to download those games? That's the question in the leaked picture here. It just says access to select PS3, PS4, and PS5 title streaming. So it seems like you're not going to be able to download the PS3 and the PS4 games. But, you know, 
PS3 games. There's already backwards compatibility for PS4. PS3 games is a good addition. I wish they would be adding PS2 and PS1 games. I think that would be very cool. And I think a lot of people would enjoy that. If they could somehow get the emulation working and on the PS5, I think that would be awesome. But from this picture, it doesn't seem like that's what it's going to be. And then we have here streaming. I mean, PS Now. So I'm guessing they're just going to integrate PS Now into it. Or what are they going to do with PS Now? I'm assuming they're going to be cutting it off once they announce it game catalog whatever that means i'm guessing based off of this picture they just mean uh let's see here so the monthly free games the game streaming the free game demos so those are all part of the game catalog and then the monthly games okay so so separate that but the monthly games and the game catalog will be just a a big um compilation i guess of games that you're going to be getting every month and then on top of that, the game trials. Now, what's what they're saying here, what he's saying here, for the highest tier, it's going to be $16 a month. For the middle tier, $13 a month. And for the lowest tier, $10 a month. And I mean, let's, let's focus on the highest tier. Let's focus on the highest tier because that's where you're getting all of the extra things. Now, the big thing missing here is the, the day and date games, which I don't think based off of everything we're hearing PlayStation is going to do based off what they're saying, they aren't going to be doing that, which was why I think PlayStation won't be able to compete with Xbox game pass in terms of value. Definitely won't be able to compete. Like that's already out of the question because they're not putting their first party games on there. And then you start thinking about when Xbox starts putting out their first party games on a constant basis with the amount of first party studios they have right now working on games. It's actually crazy to think about. And if they all creating great games, they're going to be able to put out a new first-party game every a couple of months. It's, it's actually wild when you think about the amount of games in the works. But they've the problem right with, with saying that is Xbox hasn't put out these games yet, so they haven't proven it yet, and people are still skeptical. But once they start doing it, I think that skepticism will fade away. So that's the big that's the big thing, because quality is out the window. This service will not be able to compete with the, with the, the um, value and quality that you're getting on... Xbox Game Pass. So the next thing will be, I guess, just like the overall extra things you would want to do instead of just paying for the current $10 per month with the PS Plus stuff and just getting those monthly games are things like the PS3 and PS4 and PS5 streaming games and the game trials and some extra classic games i guess is that going to bring you the extra value that you want to pay an extra six dollars a month some people will some people it won't but all of this is leading me to the conclusion that i don't think this will be able to compete with xbox game pass it is an xbox game pass competitor though i know people are saying it's not a real xbox game pass competitor because it doesn't have the day and date games but it is an xbox game pass competitor it's a streaming service we're moving into the era of the netflix style of video game competition where you're going to have a bunch of different streaming services pop up. I mean, there's already other ones out there. This is a competitor. All of those streaming services are competitors to Xbox Game Pass, but Xbox Game Pass does it best right now. That's why they continue to grow. And Xbox Game Pass is probably going to be the Netflix of game streaming. It's going to be hard for anyone to really catch up, but there's still so much business out there that people are going to do it, which makes me, re makes me rethink everything in terms of does it matter that it's a competitor to Xbox Game Pass? Maybe PlayStation doesn't even want to directly compete 
on the same level as Xbox Game Pass. Maybe they don't actually care about getting 25 million subscribers in the same amount of time that Game Pass did or or just beat them in overall subscribers to the service. Maybe they don't care about that. And and it'll be interesting. It'll be hilarious if with this, without first day and eight games, they do beat them. That would be actually hilarious. But before it's released, let's just say maybe they don't actually, maybe that's not their business goal. Maybe their business goal is to do what they're doing right now, which is continue to release high quality PlayStation games. Because objectively, whether you're a PlayStation fan or not, whether you like the first party PlayStation games, and I like some of them, I don't like them all. They are objectively very high quality and very good games. That's an that's objective. Like I don't think that's something that you can just say, oh no, they're they're trash. They're not. They're, they're very high quality. They do they do a high quality job. Whether you like the style of games that they make or not, me personally, I like Xbox games better. I like more gameplay rich games. I, I'm not a big fan of the hugely cinematic watching cutscenes stuff. I like just playing games more so than watching them or watching a bunch of cutscenes and watching the cinematics. But that's me. That's a tangent, but that's me. Um, So that's objectively, they make incredible games. Secondly, they have some of the best, if not the best marketing in all of the games industry. Their marketing is impeccable. PlayStation has incredible, incredible marketing and they always do a great job with it. So their brand recognition and their brand loyalty is the, I would say at the top, even higher than Nintendo, I think. But anyways, it's extremely, extremely good. It's extremely good. You go out to somebody, they will probably, if let's say they're just a, so loyal fans will buy everything. That's the first thing. Loyal fans of PlayStation will literally buy everything they put out no matter what. Secondly, you go out to someone out on the street, PlayStation is probably the, the, the brand that's at the top of their mind. Like, unless they're like, like a, a kid, probably Nintendo, right? Or they're they they grew up with Nintendo, then they'll probably be Nintendo. But if there's somebody out there who's who's not a real like hardcore gamer. They just like play games here and there. PlayStation is probably the brand at the top of their mind. I think they've won that casual gaming market. Like I think they've done a good job with that. Um, so with that being said, they know they can put out a service where they don't put their games on their day and date. They're still going to get a lot of subscribers and their fans, as well as people who are just casual gamers and only play like the first party PlayStation games, play God of War, play The Last of Us, are still going to go out and purchase their first party games full price, $70, day and date. They can keep the price of those games high all the time on the PlayStation Store for a long period of time. People will still go out and buy them, and they know that. So they're trying to double... I guess cash in twice. They're trying to cash in with giving a subscription service that seems decent, something you want to try out, something you want to subscribe to, and and hey, hopefully it catches your your attention. At least for Sony, it catches your attention, and you'll keep paying that subscription monthly fee. And sometimes people just pay and they don't even know that they're paying it. They forget about it, and you're going to go out and pay full price for their their games. I think that's where they have. A somewhat of an advantage. Whereas Xbox, when they released Xbox Game Pass, the biggest issue with the Xbox One generation with it doing so poorly was they didn't have enough first-party games to build that, I guess, brand recognition that anytime they, they put out a first-party game, people are going to run out right away, pay for it full price. They had Halo, 
at Gears, they had Forza. Those you're guaranteed are going to sell like crazy. But they didn't have enough, at least in the Xbox One generation, which I think going forward is interesting because going forward, that's all going to change. Like Xbox is going to have games that people are going to be would run out and buy day one all the time, full price, no matter what. And that brand recognition is going to increase. And it's already gotten so much better since the release of Xbox Game Pass and since the the Xbox Series X Nest. It's like improved 10 times. Like you just look at the way people think and talk about Xbox. It's very, very positive. And they've done so much and they're extremely consumer friendly that Game Pass, like once those once that recognition gets up, like you think Game Pass is growing now? Like you, it's already at 25 plus million subscribers ever. We just wait till Starfield comes out. Just wait till the Bethesda games start dropping. Just wait until all the first party games start dropping and they're all getting good reviews. Because if you remember last year, Xbox was the highest rated publisher. Like uh, I think they were the highest rated publisher of the year, but they, their games got higher ratings and all the, in terms of Metacritic than the PlayStation games. Like it was, they did an incredible job and that's just the beginning. So it'll take them a while to get to that same, I would say, brand recognition and, and brand loyalty as PlayStation, but they will get there. They're on their way. It'll be hard for them to get there in Japan ever, but in other parts, in everywhere else, I, th I think they will get there. So I guess the sum all of this up, what I'm thinking is, my first time I saw this, I'm like, oh, this is not a Game Pass competitor. They are, they, they're not putting in their first party games. Why would anyone want this? And now I'm sitting back and thinking, it is a competitor, it's a streaming service, and maybe they don't want to directly compete with Game Pass. I, I think they know that they may have lost that battle. They may have lost that battle. They know that Xbox is the Netflix. And everyone else who's tried to go against Netflix, they've done okay, they've done well, they've gotten a, a piece of the market, but they're nowhere near Netflix. And I don't think anyone will ever be anywhere near Xbox Game Pass. Maybe they know that, and that's why they don't care about putting their first-party games. They're still going to make the millions and bazillions of dollars in sales they make off their first-party games, and they're still going to have people signing up to ps plus plus premium so that's the way i see it i could be completely wrong on that that's just my view my take and i'm very excited to see what they announce this week but yeah let me know what your guys view is and what your take is and uh yeah i think i'm gonna end i'm gonna end that there i'm gonna end the show there probably a good um good 30 30 to 40 minutes so Lots of lots of interesting stuff to come out this week, and uh, it should be a lot of fun. I, I hope that there, there's a cool announcement with with the PlayStation streaming service. We'll see how directly it will compete, I guess, and we'll, maybe they'll surprise everybody and put their and put their uh, first party games. But there's there's still a lot of mystery in like the things that they're announcing. So who knows what like the, what the free game demos are? Like how long are those game demos? And, and Type of stuff but anyways i'm gonna end that there thank you guys all for watching if you enjoyed this episode make sure to hit that thumbs up button if you if you're new here to the channel consider hitting the subscribe button support the channel help it grow really does mean a lot i i like i say this at the end of every episode every week on sunday is that i'm having so much fun doing this and it's growing and the community is growing and the comments are fun to read and i want to continue it to grow so let's just uh let's go let's have a good time talk about video games and i will catch you guys in the next episode.